1: All right, welcome back in. Hour number two of the Bruce Woolley Show starts right now. We'll talk about that Michael Moore video, the misleading Michael Moore video. Thank you to your, for your calls on that. Um, but before we go to it, uh, we're, we're you know, the Chase CEO said what he said. That's true. And uh, the polls say what they say. Trump's ahead. And he kicked everybody's butt in Iowa. Uh, <clears throat> but I want to go right to the phone line. I want to bring him right in. That's my theme song for our guest, Adam Hewitt. How are you, brother? Welcome back to the show.
2: Hey, Jack. And in the words of my friend Jack Windsor, I am super fantastic.
1: (laughs) Amen. Amen. Um, Hey, let's start. I said yesterday was a bizarro world. Now. One of the things that I played has been discredited. It was Michael Moore ranting about Donald J Trump being the mazel top cocktail, the hand grenade that uh middle Americans are going to throw at the establishment. I still think that's true. But yesterday, the CEO of JP Morgan Chase said Trump didn't get it wrong on NATO, immigration, tax reform. What do you make about that? Do you think the the winds are shifting or in your words are people feeling the heat, not necessarily seeing the light?
2: Yeah, I don't know about but you know, as we've said before you know, there's the elitist class and then there's kind of the, the, the working class averages, we call them you know, voters and, and people that kind of make the country go and they're onto this thing, they've been onto this thing for a while and you mentioned Jamie Dimon and he, and he mentioned a host of issues, it wasn't just like one that Trump was right about so I even think the elitist class and those folks are kind of onto the gig now too.
1: So what do you think that spells going into 24? I know we're so far out. There's October surprises. There's stuff coming from the left. Um, Do you think Trump can win this thing by a landslide, or do you think that that's foolish talk right now?
2: I mean, it sure looks that way, but I think, you know, a couple months is a lifetime in politics. So to your point, we're still – you know, obviously the primary in Ohio is coming up and that, that's that's one thing versus, you know, the, the general. But um, I, I think right now, like we've talked about before, I'm not a big poll guy, but I mean, he, it's not even close in these polls. And Even if you cut him in half, he's still up by a lot. So the, the question, and like we've talked about in other races, is the, the general election. So is it going to be Biden? Uh, and if it is, uh are people onto this thing? Like we cannot vote for this guy again. It's got to be Trump again or not is the question in my mind.
1: And you are astute politically. Some people have said there could be this super candidate that the Democrats choose, um, at their convention. Is that a possibility? I mean, could that happen? Is that to me, that seems like a 1% chance. So, um, you know, but Biden's not on the ballot in New Hampshire, he's asking people to write him in uh do you think that that is a tactic that they may go to and could it be successful
2: yeah they might i think in terms of being successful obviously you know the the the, the times getting kind of tight here and the, the next question is who who would they who would they put up to be the candidate and and you know we there's been a few names thrown out there but uh i think if their their main goal is to win which i think it is can do Do they think that Joe Biden can win? And if he can't or they don't think he can, then you got to find somebody else. And if you saw the vice president's interview yesterday on, I think she was on The View, uh, this fear mongering. Hey, we need to be scared if it's Trump kind of thing. That's kind of a tell sign, in my opinion, on, on what they're thinking, and how they're viewing this thing.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Talk to me. I mean, he had a chance to go after Hillary Clinton. He chose not to. He had a chance when the covid virus was ravaging to take control of every state and he said no we're going to bunt this down to states because states have rights he had a chance to shut anthony fauci up and by the way anthony fauci is the biggest fraud in my lifetime and so it it seems to me if he was going to take the reins and ride this thing into the ground he would have done it between 2016 and 2020 um maybe people are waking up adam i don't know but let's pivot here speaking of waking up um I got several calls yesterday in, in email messages. You may have seen this. Um, GOP U.S. Senator J.D. Vance is in his freshman term, and he's been billed as MAGA. He's been billed as conservative. Now, he has done some things uh, bipartisan-wise with, with other senators, which it's common in the upper chamber for that to happen. It has to happen. Um Otherwise, you don't get anything across the finish line. But I I got pinged yesterday, and it went something like this. J.D. Vance just endorsed three blue 22 candidates for the Ohio House. Uh, Jeff Luray, Cindy Abrams, Tracy Richardson. What's your visceral response to that, and then I'll give you the rest of the context, but what's your visceral response to that news, Adam?
2: Yeah, I got several phone calls, text messages, and emails as well, and my initial reaction is I have to think it's just the three you mentioned probably campaigned and helped J.D. when he first ran for the Senate, so it's kind of a, hey, I'm, I'm going to help you now, because I do think loyalty is a big thing in this business. However, there are always layers to the onion with endorsements, and It probably goes deeper than what I just said, but I think on the surface, it's probably just a, hey, you help me, I'll help you.
1: Yeah, and I think that's probably it. I mean, when you think about it, J.D. Vance is not involved in Ohio Statehouse politics. He certainly has enough on his plate in Washington, D.C. And the scuttlebutt is that uh, those three were supportive of J.D. Vance. And you know what? Some politicians don't do it, maybe in arrogance or ignorance perhaps. They don't go to people and say, hey, can I have your endorsement? It appears they did now to round it out. And to be fair, Adam Matthews, Thomas Hall, and Rodney Creech were also endorsed by J.D. Vance. And they're not members of the blue 22. So the alarm bells that went off when we first got that information, um, it seems to be evened out a little bit. Uh, But do you think any of that blowback finds its way to J.D. Vance? You know, when you're in a six-year term, there you can get a lot of these little. It's like death by a thousand paper cuts, right? Is this a paper cut, or do you think people will look over this?
2: Yeah, I think there's definitely blowback. The, the question is, how long does it last, and do people remember it. You know, a couple of years from now, because, like you said, six-year terms a long time, and some of the stuff that happens in his first couple of years uh, may not get remembered. But I, I do think some of these endorsements, um, you know, if if. The person that endorses is not willing to go work for the person they endorse and help them with their network and some fundraising and stuff. I don't think the endorsement even matters. I mean, a press release doesn't matter if you're not going to go work for the person. And I'm not saying that's what's happening here, but I think sometimes we overthink these endorsements because you're putting a name on a piece of paper, not actually going to work and help them out, if that makes sense.
1: It totally makes sense. I've got about two minutes here. I'm going to shift gears on you, and I'm going to throw you a curveball because I really prize your unvarnished feedback. Uh, Headline at the Ohio Press Network, new bill would pay Ohio students to go to school. Uh, Isaacson is a state representative, Democrat. He said, we can't even have our battles over bathrooms or controversial subjects if there are no kids in the classroom. Two Ohio lawmakers want to pay students to go to school and to graduate, calling chronic absenteeism an education emergency. The bipartisan legislation would spend $1.5 million in taxpayer funds to establish a pilot program to pay kindergarten through ninth grade students five hundred dollars a year to attend school. Um, what's your response to that, Adam?
2: So they're they're paying. Is this like a scholarship program, or they're paying kids just to to attend school?
1: Right now, the way that the legislation reads, they would get paid five hundred dollars a year to attend school. Uh, if they graduate, they would get uh, another two hundred and fifty with higher amounts going to students with grade point averages of 3.0 or higher?
2: Okay, so yeah, my initial reaction to answer your question is I think a lot of this stuff starts at home, right? And if, if, if moms and dads want to homeschool their kids, go for it. If they don't, then, then get them in a school that's going to be the best for their, their child. And it's, it's obviously a parent's rights issue, but uh, paying a kid to go to school, uh, I've, I've, I've never heard of such a thing.
1: Well, well, I haven't either. And, you know, it was one of those where I was kind of a deer in the headlights when I saw this story come out and I had to edit it and look at it. Um, I guess my my question is twofold. Do you think that this is an attempt to keep kids from being homeschooled? Because there is a mass exodus to homeschooling. I mean, it's gone up exponentially and uh do you think any politicians ever going to go? Well, you know, kind of screwed stuff up with COVID, particularly in poor areas. And uh, our, our liberal wacko policies have kids feeling insecure and uncertain, and they probably don't want to go to school anyway. Um, what are your thoughts on those two things?
2: Yeah, I think that the uh, 30 seconds,
1: Adam. I didn't mean to do that to you. I just looked up. Go ahead. No,
2: you're right. No, I'll just tell you real quick. I know that, like, the, the, the private schools across the state and Christian schools, they, they have waiting lists, their enrollments up, and that, that's probably due to Ed Choice. So, to your, to your question, yeah, I think some of it has to do with, um, yeah, taking rid of the homeschool stuff and, and, and or getting rid of the homeschool stuff and, and just what's going on with the whole, the whole school system in general, basically, since COVID.
1: Adam Hewitt, thanks for joining us today, brother. We'll have you back next week. You have a great weekend.
2: Thanks, Jack. Have a great day.
1: It's 1222. Thursday, January 18th. Welcome back in. In the news, we already flirted with this headline, so we're going to go full on now. Uh, New bill would pay Ohio students to go to school. Two Ohio lawmakers want to pay students to go to school and to graduate, calling chronic absenteeism an education emergency. The bipartisan legislation would spend $1.5 million in taxpayer funds to establish a pilot program to pay kindergarten through ninth grade students, $500 a year to attend school. Interesting. Um, I'm assuming the contract would have to be with the parents because minors can't enter into contracts unless under issue one that passed, that's a sexual reproductive issue. Then it it seems that they have potentially the right to do anything, but I digress. Uh, It would also pay those, who graduate from high school $250 with higher amounts going to students with grade point averages of 3.0 or higher. Bill sites said participating schools will be carefully selected by the department of education and workforce during his Tuesday testimony during the bill's first hearing. And he went on to say at least one rural school and district, uh, one rural school district and one urban school district will be included both of which must exhibit chronic absenteeism in the highest quartile based on the most recent state report card ratings. This targeted selection ensures that the pilot program addresses attendance challenges where they are most prevalent. So they're going to find schools with the highest absenteeism to use in this pilot program if this law passes. Representative Danny Isaacson a Democrat from Cincinnati, and by the way, who was a, an outspoken critic of House Bill 68's override in the House last week, chastising and criticizing Republican Gary Click, who authored the bill, didn't want lawmakers to follow him with respect to education. So he's weighing in now on the scholarship program. Um, so he's he's in support of uh, allowing minor children to take cross-sex hormones, puberty blockers, and have surgeries to lop off sex organs. Um, he said students have yet to adjust back to a culture of going to school each day following the COVID-19 pandemic. Mr. Isaacson, I would say, as the father of three school-age children, children have not adapted to the activism in their schools. They haven't adapted to being told about books and read stories of boys putting on dresses and uh, the family in an attempt to make the the boy feel comfortable joining in and all wearing dresses and celebrating their authenticity. They have not recovered from the fact that some kids walk up to them and say, you're going to call me Jim, even though her name's Jenny. Isaac Isaacson said uh, it's not just Ohio there's been a cultural shift away from attending schools across the country in his testimony chronic absenteeism rates have skyrocketed everywhere almost doubling from pandemic levels this is the number one issue we are facing in education and it's an absolute emergency you know what amuses me if I weren't so angry about it is to hear these folks post-mortem crying about the results their policies created. Danny Isaacson, friend, I don't think that you were in the General Assembly during this time last, uh, during the COVID response. But your party was the party that wanted to make sure that kids stayed home. Your party is the party that wanted to make sure that kids wore masks, even though they didn't work and caused at least five negative health outcomes. Your party is the party that wanted kids to take experimental inoculations in the arm. We wrote about how the education uptake would exponentially decline, how the poorest communities would have absenteeism rates off the charts, how it would result in drug abuse, suicide, depression. Because we were digging the well before we were thirsty. Now you're thirsty and you want to dig a well. The Attendance Incentive Pilot Program would split $750,000 between the attendance and graduation pay programs. Every district in Ohio can submit two schools for the program, but only one rural and one urban district will be selected. Students could receive $25 biweekly, $150 quarterly, or $500 annually during the school year. Payments for kindergartners will go to a parent or guardian while payments for ninth graders would go jointly to the student and the parent or guardian. Also, districts receiving federal Title I funds and ranked in the lowest 20% and graduation rate can apply for two schools to participate in the graduate payment program. A $250 base payment would go to each graduate, with more ranging from $250 to $750 for students with a GPA of 3.0 or higher and 3.5 or higher because it doesn't matter how qualified a teacher is or how great the new science of reading curriculum is at teaching a student to read if students aren't there to learn isaacson said and think about this my friends we can't even have our battles over bathrooms or controversial subjects if there are no kids in the classroom hey isaacson there are no kids in the classroom because of those reasons See the mass exodus to homeschooling and private schools. The most urgent problem in education today, by far, is the fact that students are not in schools nearly enough. It hurts their ability to learn, to develop social skills, and to adjust to the discipline and stability that sticking to a schedule brings. So, <clears throat> what say you? The survey that's been up online for two hours Should Ohio taxpayers pay kids? To attend school, state reps sites, and Isaacson introduced a bill to do just that. Vote below. You can vote. 144 votes cast. 94.4 percent of you say no. We should not be paying students. 5.6 percent of you say yes. We should be paying students. If you are in that camp, if you believe that we should be paying students, why do you believe that? Anna Petersheim responded online. She said, "Here's an idea." Quit shoving woke agendas into curricula. Teach old-fashioned, real reading, writing, arithmetic. Teach the actual history in fun, interactive traditions. And children will flock to your school. If you think we should be paying students, call me, 844-825-5989. Tell me why. Let's have the discussion. I want to understand why. Uh, We'll get to that next on the other side of this break. So stay tuned. 98.9 FM, The Answer.